0: Well, good morning. Amen. I'd like to welcome you again to Grace Life Church and uh, tell you it's an honor and a privilege to minister the Word of God, to speak to you here in person and also, also to those that are watching on Facebook. Uh, the Word of God is alive and quick and full of power. Amen. And uh, we believe that you'll be changed today as you hear the Word of God that comes forth. Amen. Let's pray today before we turn to our first scripture. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this opportunity we have to come and fellowship around your word. We thank you today, Father, for the sacrifice that you gave through your son so that we could be called sons and daughters of the most high God. Father, you told us in your word for us to come boldly. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and help in a time of need. So we come this morning, Father, with hearts full of faith and expectation today that we might obtain what we've come to receive today and what your spirit has for us today, Father. So we thank you for listening ears, receptive hearts. We thank you for Holy Spirit that talks and speaks and ministers through us today. We'll be changed by your anointing, Father God. And we'll be refreshed by your spirit today. And we'll leave here ready to speak your word and ready to be examples of your goodness and your grace to those that are around us, Father. We give you all the praise and the honor in advance. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning I felt kind of like a a boxer that was in the in the warm-up room ready to come out for a heavyweight fight. Amen. Knowing that he already had the victory. Amen. I am just ready like a horse at the horse track. He's in the gate chomping at the bit ready to go. Amen. So I hope you're ready. I'm gonna try my best stick to my notes because we got a lot to cover. I like to walk around, move around and uh, and, and get out of the pulpit, and we may do some of that, but I'm going to try to stick close because, like I said, we've got a lot to cover, and sometimes it's easier. may have to put a leash on me and connect it here, and I can kind of go out. You know, you got the dogs on the extendable leashes. You can let them out, but it, but it pulls them back. Amen. Hallelujah. First, uh, let's turn here. I've got some things I want to say first, lay a foundation, but the first scripture we're going to look at today is in First Peter. Take that back. Second Peter. Go over one more, one more book. Second Peter in chapter one is the first passage that we're going to read. But uh, like I said in the beginning, all the songs that we sang today kind of lined up what I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to speak today and minister to us today. But we're going to take a look at what the Word of God has to say about who God is, about what his character is. And as I mentioned last week, Pastor Eric uh, ministered on the name of Jesus. And in that name, see, the, the, the name of Jesus represents all that he is. It represents his character. It represents his authority. It represents his uh, reputation. Amen. Because when you hear a name, you know, just just to hear a name, if you don't know anything about him, I've been in countries before. Where we speak the name of Jesus. They don't know who he is more than, you know, Billy Bob. You can go over there and say in the name of Billy Bob and they say, well, who's that? You know, I'm not I'm not discrediting the name of Jesus. I'm just being true, true and, and upfront with you. We've been in countries before where we held up a picture of, the, uh, of Jesus. We're ministering to children in vi- villages in uh, Bangladesh. And I remember uh, so uh, vividly, it just changed me forever. You know, we're out there ministering to these kids and we have little games and things we do with them. We held up a card, a flash card of Jesus. Huge one, you know. And in America, if you show a picture of Jesus, most anybody's going to, well, you know, they may not believe in him. You know, they may not give honor and, and praise to him, but they're going to know, well, that's Jesus. Because they've heard the name. But I've been in these countries where they don't know. You ask them, who is this? And they say, I don't know. They say, well, raise your hand if you know. And there's not a single hand that comes up that they know who he is by the picture, because they they haven't heard. They don't live in a culture and society where it's just plastered all over the place, and and you can hear the gospel on the internet, on TV, on the radio, and churches everywhere. It doesn't mean that people partake of it, you know, and take advantage of those outlets, but it's here, right? It's available. Amen. But you know we can live on the same level of benefits as people in another country if we don't make ourselves available to it, right? If we don't just if we just take it lightly and say, "Oh, that's just a name," and it's like Pastor said last week. You know, he was in Sears, I guess, years ago. Said he was leaving out, and the lady just said, "Jesus!" You know, he said, "Well, that lawnmower tire is going to be like five hundred something dollars to change the tire," and she said, "Jesus!" You know, when they told her that, that amount, well. He said he got out to the car, you know, and the spirit of the Lord says, well, that's the reason that, that when people need the name and they need the power, it doesn't show up. It's not there because it's just a name and they just use it, you know, off the cuff like that. But see, we have to give it the weight and the, 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 the uh, honor it deserves. Amen. It's not going to change him. Right. See, God's the same yesterday, today and forever. So it doesn't change God. He's the same. But the weight and the uh, the uh, what we believe about that name and about his character and authority. Amen, and who he is to us—it changes everything about what we're going to receive and what we're going to walk in. Amen. Everything. Amen. It means all the difference. So in these countries I've been, I've been in, so they don't know the difference between, like I said, Billy Bob or Jesus. But but when you hear a particular name, uh, you know, I could call out the name of Elvis, for instance. Well, when you hear the name Elvis, you automatically think what rock and roll, or you know, as before my, you know, I I heard the songs, but you know, he wasn't one of my guys that I bought the records to and that kind of thing. But, you know, my parents did, my sister did, and those around me. You know, you think of rock and roll and jailhouse rock and you ain't nothing but a hound dog and, you know, blue suede shoes, whatever. You, you think of these certain names of these songs and things when you hear that name. Well, see, when we think of the name of Jesus, we ought to think faithful. Glory to God. We ought to think master. We ought to think healer. We ought to think prince of peace. Glory to God, the king of kings, the Lord of lords what he is to us. We ought to think what we need today, that's who he is. Healing, what Jesus, glory to God. Peace, Jesus, glory to God. Finances, need met, Jesus, glory to God. See, what is he to us today? So, it's kind of like this when I think of the name Keith. I've used this example before. We could use anyone in the room, but when I think of the name of Keith, I think faithful. I think he's trustworthy. He's dependable. Amen. Because I, but, but see, the difference is, is I know something about him, but we could go to to another church this morning and I could get in the pulpit and say, you know, I I really know that uh, brother Keith, brother Keith Hathcock, you know, he's a good man and you ought to get to know Keith. And I could mention the name Keith or Keith Hathcock, but if I'm in a different place with people that don't know him, you see what I'm saying? The name Keith Hathcock doesn't carry any weight. Why? Because they don't know him. It's just the name Keith. They don't know and understand anything about him because they hadn't met him. Amen. They might have just kind of never met him at all, or they might have just kind of heard of him in the county, or somebody said, oh yeah, I went to high school with him. He was in another class, whatever, I know of him, I know his brother, but I don't really know Keith. Amen. Well, see, the name of Jesus, uh, and his character, and his authority, and who he is, it's got to be something to us more than just something that we've heard, more than just something that we're familiar with, and just speaking his name, because I've heard people say this, you know, well, in Jesus' name, this happened. Well, in Jesus' name, let that be and whatever. But see, that, you know, when they said it, there really wasn't any weight behind it. It was just kind of something that, and I've been guilty of it myself, it was just something kind of we said to attach on to it because it's something we're, we're, we've been in the habit of. But see, we, really, we need to realize that when we speak that name, glory to God, the angels take attention. When we speak that name, all of heaven stops, glory to God. And I want to tell you this, heaven takes, I mean, hell takes recognition. You know why? Because he went to hell and he whipped the devil right on his own turf. So we need to realize that when we speak the name of Jesus, we're we're using the name and we're using the character and authority of someone that whipped hell right in his, we whipped the devil right in his own backyard. Glory to God. You know, as I was preparing, I was reminded of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they lived under what? A a different covenant, an older covenant. We live in a new covenant, New Testament times, new covenant, glory to God. He doesn't just live with us or around us. He lives on inside of us. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Mm, Glory to God. Man, I sense the Holy Ghost. I know he lives on inside of me, but my legs right now feel like, I don't know, feel like I could run from here to clear back real fast and be back like Elijah running out the chariot. You know, man, he he outran horses, man. This had to be something on him. You know I run, but I can't outrun a. I almost got attacked by a dog Saturday, and uh, turned around, and used my authority. I just had to turn and tell him to get back. Amen. Uh, he was running at me with teeth out and barking and growling, and man, he was he was after me. And I just turned around. And I went rah! I said I'm gonna scare you. You get away from me and back. And he stopped. Then he tried to come two or three more times. But you know I can't outrun I I can't outrun a horse. I might can a dog, but I can't outrun a horse. Amen. So, glory to God. Mm. Hallelujah. So, that, that character and that authority is behind that name of Jesus. See, we have to understand that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have to understand that the, the name that we use, and, and, and like I said, I was reminded of that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and you know, they were, they were faced with a decision. And 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 the king had put out a decree. You know the story. He put out the decree in the land, and they said, when this uh, a certain music is played, and we've got this image, and a certain music is played, then there's a decree in the land that that everybody must bow and worship. But they made a decision. They said, no, we're not going to. We're not going to. We're not going to to do that. We're not going to bow. So they brought him before the king, and he was angry, you know. And they even told the king, said, we're not going to bow to this image and when this music is played, we're not going to bow because we only worship the one true God. And he said, well, we'll see about that. You know, so you know what he did, but you know, there's a part of the scripture you look at different translations. I know people pick hairs over things and they said, well, you know, they said that, that, that we're not going to worship him and he told them what they were going to do to him, to them. And then he, then they said, but if not, said our God's going to deliver us. But then they said, but if not, but I really believe that they wasn't saying if God doesn't deliver us, I believe they were saying that if you don't decide to throw us in the furnace. Because if you look at the scripture, I've got it over in my notes right here, uh, it's carrying the same subject line. In fact, I, I'll, I'll quote it. I don't want you to turn there, but in, uh, in uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, see, the, 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 listen to the subject right here. He said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace and he will deliver us. Amen. Now, it doesn't sound like to me they were confused. It doesn't sound like to me they were hoping and wondering and 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 well, we don't really know. You know, he might get us today and no, I don't I, that wasn't what they were doing here. He said, If it be so, it means if you are going to put us in this furnace, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the the burning fire furnace. Then he said, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not. Now, see, it's carrying the same subject line right here. If you go up to verse 17, it says, if it be so. Verse 18 says, but if not. So they're saying, if it be so that you really are, Saying you're going to put us in this furnace. And in verse 18, he says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Well, one, if they throw them in the furnace, they're not going to make it anyway. So they won't be able to worship anything. The second thing here, he said, But if you decide not to, I believe that's what it's saying, if you decide not to, we're still not going to worship him. So if you don't put us in there, we're not going to worship him anyway, but if you do, then God's going to deliver us. Glory to God. But you know what happened right in the middle of it? He heated it up. How many times harder? I don't know if it was a bunch, 10. I don't care how many times one, the one hot's going to kill you, you know? So I don't care if it was 10 times harder. I know the Bible says, I can't remember right now. Heated it up seven times. I believe they got there. And then even the ones that brought them, the servants that took them to it, you know what happened to them? They burnt them up on the way in. It killed them on the way in, man. They was crunchy critters, extra, extra fried, you know. Like the fellow said, you know, he got the food. I like it crispier. than that. Can you dip it one more time? I mean, these, these, these fellas was crispy fried. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went on in, and then the king was sitting back watching. And you know how the story goes. It's not just a story, but I believe it happened. He looked at it, and he said, look. He said, didn't we just put three in there? He asked him, one of the and said, we didn't put but three in. He said, I see four. And he said, the fourth one looks like the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. He was in there with them. And not only that, they were unbound and free. And they was in the middle, middle of the fire. And they said, when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. They weren't singed. They didn't have a smell of smoke on them. Now, listen to me. They lived under a different covenant. We live under a new and a better covenant, established on better promises. God doesn't come in the form of the son of God. He didn't come as an angelic host and be with you or walk with you in the fire. He's living on inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, not made with hands. Glory to God. Amen. But see, do we believe that? You know, I'm talking to myself. Do we we believe it? Because see, it'll change how we act and what we do. Amen. It'll change how we approach things. If we really believe it. But see, it's not something that we just, you know, get worked up about in the physical. You know, it's got to be a revelation it's got to be information, but then that information has got to be revelation. We have to have knowledge first, revealed knowledge, but revealed knowledge has got to be revelation that, that changes us, that we begin to regulate our lives according to what that revelation says and what it is in us and it lives in our hearts. So that God that, that was appeared in that fire with them, he lives on the inside of us today. So if we really believe that and if we really know and understand that, then what uh, different choices will we make? When the Spirit of God leads us to do something, how much more boldness will we really have to, to, to not just, you know, think about it and consider it, but will we go after it? Amen. Will we go talk to that person or will we go lay hands on that person or will we start this business or company or start this ministry or, or you know, obey the, the, the Spirit of the Lord? But see, we, we, we look at those instructions, we look at those things that the Spirit uh, uh, speaks to us and we just, we comp, uh, what do you call it, Compart, compartmentalize. Did I say that right? Compartmentalize. Anyway. <laughs> I get my tongue. You know what I'm saying? You're putting it in compartments. There we go. Like Tupperware. You got different compartments and you, you break up the... You know, you don't just throw... You don't take your leftovers, and just throw them all in one bowl, I hope, you know. And say, we're just going to have, you know, goulash tomorrow. Now, if they work together, that's okay. You know, some noodles and whatever you put it... You, you know, that's okay. But you don't want to throw just some something together in a bowl. So you separate them. Well, see, that's what we do sometimes when the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us. We want to... We want to separate and say, well, no, that's not really, that's not really for me. That's for, you know, the other person that, that, you know, that they have those gifts. That's not really for me because that's for minister. So-and-so that he understands things about the word, but no, what that was for is that was for you. That was for me because we're children of the most high God. We're children of the living God. We're the body of Christ in the earth that he's called and anointed and appointed for such a time as this. And he's waiting on us. We're not waiting on him. He's waiting on us to take that place walk in that authority, believe who he really is and what he said he is and that he would do what he said he would do and believe in that name and then go do something with that name, amen? Amen. But we're not going to do it if we just take it and and stick it in a compartment over here and say, well, you know, that's just for him or for her, but that may not be for me. And then fear comes in and and doubt comes in, see? But see, where there's love, perfect love does what? It casts out fear. And see, we have to understand that one of his... Who is not even a characteristics of him, it's who he is. He is love. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He is love. Well, I didn't preach half my message now. I hadn't even got into the, the introduction. Amen. Glory to God. So are you there? Are you in Second uh, Peter? If you're not, you won't ever find it. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna continue look at that today, the, the amount of time we have here together is about that character, about that authority, about his, his nature. Glory to God, and see what the scripture has to say about it. You know the world today, they're looking for truth and they don't even know it. If you talk to someone in the world that has no desire to follow God and, and, and you talk to them about Jesus and they, they, they act like they don't even want to listen to a word you say, that they're really looking for truth and they don't even know it. They have no idea what they're looking for. They're looking for truth. They're looking for something solid, something that they can then hold on to and have an identity, but they don't even know the truth that they're looking for. We have, uh, I'm not going to mention names. We have a uh, person in our family that's not struggling with this, but they work with someone that's struggling with their identity. And they told him at work a few weeks ago, they said, look, we don't want you to refer to us anymore as, as a she, we don't want you to refer to us anymore as she's over there or she'll be back in a minute. Uh, you know, just refer to me as, you know, just say they will be back. They are over there or whatever. Why? Cause they said now that they've decided that they're going to be uh, non, what is it? Non, Binary. And I'm not making fun of him. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. I'm not making fun of this person at all. They're confused. They're deceived. They're lost. And I'm not making fun of them. See, the church can't make fun of these, these people. We are the body of Christ, and we're to pass out samples. We're going to talk about that in a minute. We're to pass out samples of who God is and his love and his kindness. Now, God doesn't love the sin, but he loves the person. Doesn't matter if they know who they are or not. You know, we didn't know who we were. We're still even what I'm talking about today, we're still increasing in the knowledge and the revelation of who we are in Christ. And we will continue until the day he, he returns. And we ought to be. Man, there's things that we need to be doing now that we're not doing, not to put pressure on us and not get into works, but we are his body in this earth. We're to be influences, to pass out samples of his goodness and kindness, his nature. He's not showing up like Santa Claus with a red suit. You know, like pastor budget said, you know, he, he's not going to walk down the sidewalk in a red suit and, and say, ho, 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 I'm here today. You know, Jesus shows up in the form of, of of us. We are his body. That's how he shows up. Amen. So back to this young lady that's struggling with our identity. She's looking for truth and she doesn't even know it. And she said, so I, I'm decided. Now, now, listen to me a minute. This person's married. It's a female, but she didn't want to claim that she's a female. She's non-binary. And then she has a husband, but he's almost decided the same thing, that he's not necessarily male either. It's just kind of like whatever, you know, whatever they, whatever they decide, what they're going to identify with. But they're looking for truth and they don't even know it. They don't need to see if they understood who God was, if they understood truly who their heavenly father was, that he loves them, that he has a plan for them, that he gave everything for them and he's not against them, but he's for them. But the church has done a, a bad job. The church as a whole The body of Christ has done a bad job displaying the character and the nature of God. Amen. You know, a lot of these people won't even go to church because they're afraid when they go, they wouldn't be accepted. Now, we don't accept, like I said, we don't accept the sin. We don't accept the lifestyle. And I don't condone the lifestyle, but I accept the person. Why? Because they're created in the image of God. God created them. Amen. In his image and likeness. And he loves them. and cares for them. And he gave Jesus for them just like he gave Jesus for me. Amen. Amen. The man today that's in Birmingham, living in, 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 like the man we found on that uh, dock that day, sleeping there and had to wake him up to get him some coffee, you know. Uh, and, and, and the people that that smell, I mean, I've been around people that, whoo, I mean, you, you you have to hold your breath. Amen. I've been in some places in, in, in these foreign countries that it, it smelled so bad that it just, I mean... You think, just get me out of here as quick as I can get out of here. But see, those people in those places deserve to hear the gospel for the first time when we've heard it here in America hundreds of times. And some of those people in those places hadn't even heard it the first time. But, you know, physically, you just want to leave. Physically, you just want to get out. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to put yourself in those positions, but they deserve to know. So so we've done a terrible job. It passing out samples of who God really is to some of these people. But she's struggling with her identity. And why? It's because she doesn't really understand that God is good. That God loves her. Amen. That God has a plan and a purpose for her life. Glory to God. So what we've got to do as a body of Christ, we've got to step up to the realization and the revelation of the true nature and the true character of who our Father God is. Do you hear me today? See, we say we know. And I'm talking to myself as well. We say we know. We talk about it. But see, it's something that, that, that if we truly walk in it and know it's going to change the way that we regulate our lives. Amen? And the way that we talk and the things that we do and the decisions that we face. Because see, some of you here today may be more than one, several of us. We, we, we may be facing the fiery furnace. You may be staring at something in the face, a challenge, a situation. But see, they, they lived, like I said, they lived under an inferior covenant than what we have and what we live in. But they had a confidence in who their God was, and they boldly said before, before they even got there, they said, our God will deliver us. Amen. Amen. So what decisions have we made previous to the battle? And not only that, we serve a God today. Like I said, he's already won the battle. Jesus hadn't even gone. When we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jesus hadn't even gone to the cross yet. Amen. <laughs> After he went to the cross and he was beaten and he was shamed, he suffered in hell for three days and for three nights. But glory to God, on that third day, the ground began to shake. Hallelujah. And all of hell got nervous and he got up. Glory to God. And when he got up, he raised us up together with him. And Ephesians tells us today that now we're seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're joint heirs with him. That means that what he has, we have. We got a joint checking account. Well, if she wants to write a check, she can write a check because what I have, she has. Glory to God. We're joint heirs together. Same way is with Christ. What he has, I have. Glory to God. But do I believe that? Amen. Do I believe that? I faced a man, uh, we were leaving a village, as a Hindu village. We preached the gospel right in front of a Hindu temple. In a village in Bangladesh, and I mean, preached the gospel, got folks saved, healed, delivered, right in front of a Hindu temple. They had their little idols in inside the temple, right there. It was made out of bamboo, open deal. I didn't even really know what it was. They had a drum out there that they used to probably for worship. I got a hold of drum. I didn't know what it was. I played drums. I got a hold of it, and started beating it, and, and and they use it to call people in the community to come when they're having an event. They'll get on that drum and beat it, and they know was something happening in the, in the little village square. Let's come. So we got on there, man, we started beating it. Before long, we had a crowd up, you know, preached the gospel. Folks got saved, healed, and delivered. We were leaving, and I played, we got it on video, I played a little march with that drum, a victory march. We were leaving, going back to the to the shuttle vans to leave, and uh, this lady come up behind me, and then there were some believers there that came with the church where we were helping. She started playing a, like a pan, that they didn't even have a, what do you call it, tambourine, it was a pan, old metal pan. And she started beating it on her leg, and, <laughs> I started beating that drum and some of them were singing. We were dancing When we get back to the van and there's this gentleman comes out from the side and he's uh, crying and I could tell something was wrong with him. He was paralyzed. His hand was knuckles was up like this and his hand was up like this and he was walking with one leg like this, you know, and he come up, man, I just, the, the compassion of God rose up on the inside of me and you know, and I went over and I wanted to see him healed instantly. We laid hands on him. We commanded that that arm to be loosed and, Paralysis to leave. Well, I didn't see anything right at the moment. Now, we got to working with it. We didn't leave, and it was like a solid concrete block right here. It wouldn't do nothing. And we got through praying and, and speaking to that hand. We didn't pray. We spoke to it. And we commanded it. When we got through, and before we left, he had it all the way up to right here. And there was tears streaming down his face. He tried to get in a, He wanted to get in the van with us and, and leave, you know. And, uh, well, thank God, two years later, that was in seventeen. I was in India in 18 and 19. I was back in Bangladesh and I had the same interpreter. And he said, oh, I, he said, brother, uh, brother Matt. He said, I want to tell you, Matt. He said, uh, the man in the village, he said, he, 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 he's healed. He said, I went back to conduct um, discipleship. See, they, we, we help teach discipleship programs and give them the tools to do that. He said, I went back and he said, I want to tell you, brother. He said, he came walking up and he's completely healed, restored whole. And he said, he gave his testimony to and told me. So we knew the power of God went in. But see, what my, what my point is to tell you that story is this, is we've, we've got to walk in that confidence and authority. And, and see, it's God that does the work Amen. Yes, it is. through us. Now, we have to stretch forth the hand. We have to be bold enough to do that. But if we don't have a true understanding and not just a mental knowledge, you see, it's not just a head knowledge. You can read a book and have head knowledge, but it doesn't mean that that head knowledge has got down here in your heart to the place where it's going to affect how you live. Amen. Now, you can read a book on marriage all you want to, but if you just read the book on marriage and what it says to do, but if you don't do any of it, if it don't get into your heart, if it's just up here in your head, well, if you do this and that and treat it this way and whatever, then not, you know. But you got to take it from up here and get it in your heart and then allow it to affect how you live and talk and treat your spouse, and then you'll see the fruit of it. So the Word of God is the same. Amen. We can listen. We can hear in church. We can read the Word, read a book. But if we don't allow that knowledge and information to become revelation and live on inside of us and allow it to affect us and it'll never change the things that we do and how we approach the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're to pass these samples out. Amen. You know, you've seen the woman at Walmart or Sam's or wherever you got the little sausage samples or the little <laughs> cheese sticks. So here, try one. Amen. See, we're to be that way about our father God. We're to pass out samples. Amen. 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 Try some of this piece. Try some of this grace and mercy. You having a bad day? Let me me pray with you just a minute. You mind if I pray with you? You'll be surprised how many people's open to prayer. you would be surprised. I was in Mobile a couple of months ago and uh, I was at a customer store down there. There was a guy, we passed him on the highway. He had a backpack on. It was four feet above his head. I don't know what he had. I think he had a travel trailer rolled up in. I don't know what he had. Man, that thing, he had like a six-man tent in there. I don't know what it was. It was packed up to here and it was hot. This was before the weather changed. This was hot. He was walking down the road in Mobile. Had that thing on his back, you know, and he was miles down the road. We got in, did business with a customer, got ready to leave, and I looked over, and the gentleman's over at the store now on the bench, got his backpack down, and he had a Gatorade. He was hot. I, I walked out and was walking to my van, ready to leave, and I got about four steps away from him. The Spirit the Lord said, what are you going to do with, about him? And I said, well, Lord, I got five more accounts to go to. I live four hours away. He don't want to hear me. He's walking. What's he gonna say if I say anything to him? You know, I had all—I mean, I, I had all these thoughts going on, and that's what happens. Your mind, your flesh—they just leave the devil out of it. Your mind and your flesh do enough to talk you out of something, and then the devil's going to just jump on and agree with your mind and your flesh. So I got about five steps away, and I said, "Okay, okay, okay. Do you tell me the words to say? What you want me to do?" So I go back to my van, and I happen to have some hats on there, a few hundred of them. And I said, well, uh, so I got a hat that would work good for the, for the summertime. It had a flap on the back to cover up your neck from the sun. And I go back over to him and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, "I'm Man, I'm hot. I said, I, I, I can tell that. You know, I gave him a hat. Well, to uh, make a long story short, getting all the details. I talked to him for a minute. He said he was on his way from somewhere in Florida all the way to Arizona hitchhiking. He said he was going on a spiritual journey. That's what he told me. He said, I'm on a spiritual journey. Well, I mentioned Jesus to him. I said, well, before that, I said, well, uh," I said, I I was on my way to my van and I said, Jesus uh, uh, talked to me. He spoke to me and he said to go back and to to give you this hat. And he said, well, I thank you for it. He said, I'm on on a spiritual journey from here to Arizona. And he said, I I don't really know what it holds, what it pertains to, but he said, I'm on this journey. I said, well, amen. You know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I said, okay, Holy Spirit, and I said, well, you, do you know Jesus? He said, well, I've heard of him. And I said, well, I believe part of your journey was coming right through here for me today. And I said, uh, do you know that Jesus has already paid the price for all of your sins, past, present, and future? And he kind of looked at me and he's like, "Nah, I hadn't I, I really heard that, but I didn't really know that. And I just shared briefly with him real short about the love of God and the goodness of God and how he, he, he loved him and he cared for him. And I said, you know, Because of that sacrifice, we can know today. I said, you don't have to go on a journey. I said, you can go to Arizona if you want to, but you can know right here in Mobile, Alabama, who your Heavenly Father is. And today you can have a ticket to heaven, amen, and live in eternity forever. And I said, do you want to know that today? And he said, I do. I do. I do want to know. And I said, would you mind if I pray for you, pray with you? And I said, all you got to do is pray with me. This is what it says here in the word. he said, "I I want to. So I held his hand right there at that gas station. We prayed. He came to know the Lord a little bit later. He went on his way, but see, we have, we have opportunities, and that's, I know that's one example. But we have opportunities not just uh, in touching people's lives, which that's what we're here for, but also in our own personal life, circumstances that we face, challenges that come up against us, thoughts that come to our minds. Amen. And we we're the deciding factor in the matter about how we're going to judge God. Do we judge him faithful who's promised? Amen. Do we judge him based on the character of who he really is? Amen. Because when we do, what happens? Peace. Yeah. Glory to God, the peace that passes all understanding will keep, keep our heart and our minds through Christ Jesus. It's through him. It's through his character. It's through his authority. Just like Brother Keith, we talked about. He's, he's, when I hear that name, I think of faithful, dependable, trustworthy. When we hear the name of Jesus, glory to God, what is it to us? Amen. Yeah. Not just a head knowledge, but a heart faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So listen to this. My impression of who God is and how I see him and what I believe about him and about his nature determines how I receive from him and the level of benefits that I walk in. See, it doesn't change who God is. God's always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. But how I see God, my impression of him, how I believe about what I believe about his nature It determines how I receive from him and the level of benefits that we walk in. I was eating breakfast with some friends yesterday morning at Shonen's, some missionary friends. Uh, Missionary C was one of them. We were there and eating breakfast and fellowshipping. And uh, my friend uh, Bo Moody was there and he said, uh, he looked at the waitress, waved her down and said, ma'am, he said, can I get some sugar? She just poured some coffee up and we drank plenty of coffee because we stayed there a little while. And uh, he said, ma'am, I need some more sugar packets. Need some more? Sugar. He said, I just need some more sugar. And he pointed to the little holder with the packets. And she real nicely walked over and she said, sir, she said, I've got the whole container right here beside you. And I mean, it was right up on his elbow and it wasn't just the packets. It was the whole sugar container with a little flap lid on it. That you can just pour it in and get all you want, you know. And we laughed about it and talked about it. And, and you know, and we said, man, that'll preach. You know, and they didn't even know what I was preaching on today. But the thing of it is, he had all the sugar that he needed was right there beside him. Amen. But he asked for it. And she said, you already got it. See, it's already there. It's already beside you. And it wasn't just a few packs. It was a whole container. Amen. 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 So our impression of who God is and how we seem determines what we walk in and the level of benefit. See, we have to know that we already have all things that pertain on the life of godliness. They're already where? They're already in Christ. Where are we? We're in Christ. We're heirs together with him. Amen. Heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Glory to God. It was there with him. He didn't even know it. And see, the fullness of God, everything that God is, He is in us and through us. But that level of benefits that we walk in and receive is totally determined in how we see Him and how we renew this mind up here to think according to Him. Amen. Amen. Do y'all hear me today? Glory to God. He's already won the victory, it's already complete. It's a finished work. He's seated today. Everybody say, He's seated. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. That means when you sit down, you're through. You're done. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now, 2 Corinthians, don't turn here. We're going to go back in a minute to 2 Peter, so stay right there. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 says, But we have this treasure hidden in what? An in earthen vessel. That the excellence of the power of being from God and not from ourselves. See, we've got a treasure hidden on inside of us. Where is an earthen vessel? Glory to God. Colossians chapter 2, don't turn there either, I'm going to quote it to you. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, uh, it says, And in him you've been made complete, having achieved spiritual stature through Christ. Full spiritual stature through Christ. And he is, the, he is the head over all rule and authority, over every angelic and earthly power. Glory to God. Now, the King James says you've been made complete in him. Amen. Amen verses up before that, it says that, uh, that you've been filled also with the Godhead and what in bodily form, the father, the spirit, the Holy, uh, the, the the father, the son and the Holy ghost lives in you. Amen. And you've been made complete in him. So we're not missing anything. We're not looking for anything. We're not searching for anything, but we've been made complete in him. Glory to God. So that's what I was talking about earlier. The world is looking for truth and they don't even know they're looking for the truth. But they need to, this is like this girl I mentioned, she needs to understand that through Christ, she's been made complete and been made whole. And if she would take her identity from him, see, what she's searching for and looking for would be met. She would be fulfilled. That God created her with a destiny, with a future. Her fingerprint is, a, is, is unique. There's not another fingerprint like hers in the entire world. With well, the calling that God put on her life is different from anybody in the world. Amen. You know, this is not just... just a father or mother that treated her wrong, that thought about giving birth to her, maybe abused her during her life. This is our heavenly father. This is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that thought about her before she was ever in her mother's womb. He thought about her and he called her and he set her apart and he gave her a destiny before she was ever born. Glory to God. But see, she needs to know that she needs to hear that. She needs to understand that. And we're the ones by his love and by his kindness and by his goodness to pass out samples of his goodness glory to God. Now I know they have to receive it. I know they have to be open to it, but how are they going to know if they don't ever see it? If I never fellowship with Mr. Keith, if I ever never knew anything about him, then how would I know anything about his character? Do you hear me today? How would I ever know? So the way they're going to fellowship the people in the world, the way they're going to fellowship with the spirit, with God is by, I'm not saying that we're to be unequally yoked. I'm not saying we're to go and to camp down with people. that's not Uh, uh, full of the life of God, but we're to be examples. See, Jesus went where the sick people were. Jesus said that, you know, he said the the, the ones that are well, they don't need a physician. He said, I've come for those that are sick, those that are lost. Glory to God. Amen. See, the ones that are well, they don't need to go to the doctor. Amen. So he didn't, you know, he he didn't go out the side door and the back door and exclude himself. He didn't have a helicopter that he went out and ministered and the helicopter picked him up and took him off to his weekend vacation home. He got away, yes. The Bible says he went to the mountain and prayed to the Father, but then he would come down off the mountain down where the people were. Amen. To manifest the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Now, let's read it finally. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multi- multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. So how is grace and peace multiplied? It's multiplied through knowledge. There again, it's the knowledge of who God is and of his character. Knowledge of God and and Jesus our Lord. What what is it about that name? It's his his character, it's his authority, it's who he is. We mentioned this earlier about the seven sons of Sceva. You know, they went out and tried to do, they they saw the disciples uh, do things. They saw the apostles do things in the name of Jesus. And they said, we're going to go out and do the same thing. But so buddy, they, got, they met the match. You know, they went out and said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And that demon rose up in that man or how many was in him rose up and they said, well, Paul, we know, Jesus, we know, but who are you? And, this, and the Bible says they jumped on him and beat the clothes off of him and left him and he was bloody, naked and bloody. So, see, they didn't, they didn't have an understanding of who Jesus was on the inside of them and the name and the authority of Jesus. It was just a head knowledge. It was just something that they had heard. Amen. Glory to God. The master lives on his side of you. I remember Pastor Buzzy Southern saying this. He said, I can master anything because of the master that lives on his side of me. Glory to God. You know, you've been laminated together with Christ Jesus. That means you can't tell it apart. If you look at a piece of wood that's been laminated, you can't tell where the, where the beginning starts and the end ends. It's all together. Is laminated together. You can't tell them apart. On the inside, in your spirit, man, you look just like Jesus. You can't tell them, the devil can't tell you apart. He don't know if it's Jesus talking or you talking. He don't know if it's Jesus doing the commanding or you doing the commanding. From your spirit. Amen. Not from your head, not from something that you're thinking about or something that you, you know, hope will happen. No, but I'm talking about speaking out of your spirit, out of your heart, out of a revelation Revelation of his character and his authority. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I just thought about the, the life that's in the blood. The testimony that, that uh, Ms. Tadlock gave. You know, that life lives on inside of you and it's flowing through every blood vessel, every cell of your body, bringing life and healing. Amen. Life is in the blood. Glory to God. But see, it comes with, 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 with us understanding that and using our authority She used her authority and she began to speak it and declare it over her body and speak the word over her body and acknowledge what the character, the nature, the authority of almighty God that lived on inside of her and in her blood. And she began to use that authority and say that that blood that flows throughout my body is affecting the healing and the cure. Everywhere it flows, it brings life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you what, he didn't leave us helpless. (laughs) You know, sometimes you start a job and they give you a few tools and, you know, here's your briefcase, but you got to fill it up. I'm going to give you the briefcase. You know, I'm going to give you this and that. But man, when we got born again, he didn't give us a few tools. He moved in. Yes. Glory to God. Amen. God moved in. The master mm-hmm. moved into the side of us. Amen. Now, now, what does that tell you about yourself? How valuable are you? you see, I, want to, I don't want this just to be information I'm telling you right now. I want, this to be, I want this to hit you in your heart to the place to where you'll never be the same. How valuable are you today? You're so valuable that the master himself decided that he was going to plant it this way, that he would come and live on inside of you the body of Christ, that he would walk and move and breathe in this earth on inside of you. You're the temple. Don't let it be just words. Don't let it just be something that you've heard in church. Don't let it just be something that, you know, that that, that we've read and we said, oh, yeah, I know that. But no, do do we know it? Because what happens is when the enemy comes and he tries to talk about you and he tries to tell you, no, you've missed it. No, you've missed it here. God can't use you that way. You missed it too many times. You've been, you know, you've done too many things wrong or you didn't obey when he talked to you. So he can't use you. No, you can just tell him to well, go to hell where you came from. Right. You can tell him to go back where he came from because I know who I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Amen. Amen. To those that are in Christ. <laughs> Glory to God. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Glory to God. So that's how much he loves you. Man, it's a love that can't be comprehended in the natural mind. Whew. See, the natural love runs out. When we walk in natural love, it runs out. Somebody eventually say something. You say, well, I'm, you know, we set out determined, well, this week I'm going to walk in the love of God. We get on the highway and about half an exit down, not even a whole exit, half an exit down to I-65. Somebody cuts us off or somebody does something. You know, and we already lost the love, you know, we already lost that love walk. Or, or, you know, like Pastor said, they leave the chicken out of your biscuit, or they leave the cheese off your bacon, egg, and cheese, or whatever it is. See, that, that, that's just natural human feelings love and love and, and emotions that we have. That's not the God kind of love. And see, those kind of things run out. So because we're natural human people, it's easier for us to identify with that type of love than it is with the love of God because it's spiritual. It's eternal. It's from a different realm. From a, a, a God operates in a different way than what a natural human being operates. But see, we're not natural people any longer. When we got born again, glory to God, we, we took on a new nature. Amen? We, 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 we took on his nature, his character. Glory to God. We're, we're not even of this world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're aliens and strangers and pilgrims are just passing through this place. So we have to realize that that love that he has for us, it's... it's it, it, it's, this mind can't understand it, but thank God this heart can. So that's the reason that we yield to our spirit. We yield to our heart and that's called faith. See, we live by faith. We walk by faith. We please God with our faith. Amen. So the only way that we're going to walk in this level of benefits that he's provided to walk as the body of Christ in the earth to be able to be someone that passes out samples, amen, that the world can see of who we are and who he is in us is we have to understand that love that he has for us. And it's done by faith. Everything that we do as a Christian is done by faith. Everything. Everything. The only way we know that we're citizens of heaven this morning is by faith. You don't have a card. Jamie, have you got a card in your wallet that says citizen of heaven? Did he mail you one? If he did, I'm going to be upset. I didn't get one. Amen. You know, I remember as a kid, did, did y'all ever fall for that thing about that CD? It was a, what was it, one cent? And then you get all these CDs, you know, coming about. Anybody ever do that? Or was it just me that was a dummy? You did it. Yeah, I mean, you know, one cent and you get all these, you know, music, whatever. And then, and then they charge you. They try to charge you for 10 years, you know, a monthly fee. <laughs> We're going to give you this for this one, but then you got to be able to cut, you know. Amen. Well, you know, I didn't get anything in the mail when I got born again saying you're a citizen of heaven. But I want to tell you what I was changed. Glory to God. I came out of one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness. And I was born into the kingdom of light. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And there was a change that was made. And it wasn't just, you know, <laughs> it wasn't just to a, a paint of coat on the, a, a, a coat of paint on the wall to, to make it look better. Man, I, I was, the old guy that I was was destroyed, and a brand new creation was made a God man, a God creation. And that's what happened to you when you got born again a God woman, a God man, a God creation. In his image. See, we got to get rid of, we, we got to get out of all this natural thinking. We got to realize, man, when we walk, God walks. When we talk, God talks. Amen. Because he loves us. And it doesn't matter what, you know, I, could, I couldn't give two flips about what any of you in this room is ever where you've ever met. I don't even want to know and I don't care. Because you know what? I understand something about the blood of Jesus. I understand something about The forgiveness provided on the cross, and what He did through His death, through His burial, and through His resurrection, and when we identify with that, we'll know and understand something that when He died, bless God, we died; when He was buried, we were buried with Him. Do you see that? See, but but if if we don't identify with that, we're not. That's what I'm talking about today. That's part of that character and that authority of who He is and His nature. If we don't identify with that, then we're not going to walk in it. But we have to realize that that when He was buried, I was buried with Him. Who? The old man. Amen. That, uh, that when he was raised, glory to God, I was raised up with him. Hallelujah. We're raised up together. What? To newness of life. Newness of life. Amen. So let's finish uh, reading this right here in this passage. It's uh, verse uh, 2 again. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of, and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Now look at it. Through what? Through the knowledge through the knowledge of him that's called us unto glory and virtue. Verse four, whereby, whereby what? Whereby this knowledge of him uh, is given, what it says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers. See, God wants us uh, to partake. That we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. So God wants us to partake. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. See, unbelief, fear, and doubt will be eradicated when we truly understand how he loves us. We just got through talking about that love. See, when we really and truly understand how much he loves us, fear, unbelief, and doubt will be gone when we understand how much he he passionately loves us. He gave us everything. He sacrificed everything. He's not holding anything back. He gave it all for us. We're not going to turn here. We're going to quote it uh, because I've already mentioned it. Second Corinthians 521 said he, God made Jesus to be sin for us. See, Jesus, he knew no sin, but he had to be made sin so that through what he was made, we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Glory to God. So that's nothing that you deserved. Amen. So you've heard pastor mention this. I'm going to mention it again. So that tells me this, if you had nothing, nothing to do to be good enough to get God's love and mercy and forgiveness, then there's nothing you can do to, uh, to lose it. You understand what I'm saying? There's nothing you can do to cause God not to love you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the scripture only talks about one thing that could be done and most people wouldn't even know how to do it if they tried. Mm-hmm. And the thing of it is, God's, he's not even studying that. Why? Because everything that he is, he gave and he poured it out for us. And he don't even want us, you know, why would we want to deny God anyway? If you truly know God, and understand him, we'll never, you know, we don't want to deny him. Glory to God. We've been brought in union with him. We've got eternal life. People wouldn't even know how to do that anyway. So what I'm saying is that if, if we couldn't do anything to get into it, then there's nothing we can do to, to break it and get out of it. The difference is this, and this is the key. Now listen to me real close. The difference is this. It's my perception of who he is. It's my perception of his his character and his name and his authority. Do you understand me today? I I read that a minute ago. It says, my impression of who God is and how I see him and what I believe about his nature determines, listen to me, it determines how I receive from him and the level of benefits that I walk in. See, nothing can change that legal relationship. See, legally, you've been made brand new in Christ Jesus. But relationally wise, See, how do we see him? How do we respond to what's been done? It's got to be by faith. Amen. It's by faith. It's by a renewing of this mind to see ourselves like he sees us. Amen. Amen. To think about ourselves like he thinks about us. You know, you, you ought to just do it sometime. You ought to just walk around and, and, and call yourself a king and a priest. You say, well, I don't know. I'm not a king. <laughs> the scripture says you've been made kings and priests in this life. I know that, that sounds funny and we laugh about it, but, but it's serious. It's the truth. We ought to walk around and call ourselves kings and priests sometimes. But it's not about... So that's where the disconnect's made in the body of Christ. You tell that to some religious people and they'd up like an old... My daddy used to say he's strutting around like a banty rooster. He'd see somebody, a football coach on the sidelines gets ruffled up about a player or his players. He said, oh, and my daddy would say, oh, he's just walking around like a, like a banty rooster. You know. And the, and the religious people in this world get all ruffled up when you talk about that and they get all, Oh yeah, he, he's talking, he's somebody. Ooh, he's, he's talking like he's, he, he's what? No, my righteousness is of filthy rags. I'm in my physical, who I am. I'm nobody, but thank God I'm not in me. I just told you a little while ago, second Corinthians five, what it say? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we're not who we used to be. We're in him. And I told you that. We have to identify. We died with him. We were buried with him. We were raised up with him. See? Amen. So I, We have to get past that religion, but we don't think it's in there, but when we start talking like that, there's a little bit in there. Because if you start looking in the mirror and you say, bless God, I'm a king and a priest today, your mind's like, I don't know about that. I can do that song we sang, I can do all things through Christ that lives in me. I can conquer anything. I can do all things. See? We need to hear ourselves, our physical body and our mind needs to hear our spirit man declare those things on a daily basis. Glory to God. Because that's where the victory is. That's where we live. We have to live out of the new man, live out of the inside where God lives. And when we do, the natural realm on the outside will quit having dominance. Amen. Glory to God. So unbelief, fear will be eradicated when we truly understand how much God loves us. Glory to God. Uh, so we said that in verse 21, it said he made him to be sin. He knew no sin that we could be made righteous. He also caused him to be poor. We're not going to turn there, but we know in 2 Corinthians 8 9, it says that Jesus who was rich became poor so that through his poverty we could be fully supplied or we could be made rich, what? In him. And then also he became sick. Amen. Isaiah 53 verse 5 in the New Living translation it says, but he was pierced for our rebellion. Think about this. This is how much God loved us. Before we were ever even born, before we even had a chance to do right or wrong, or even have a choice in the matter, God chose ahead of time to do these things that we're talking about today. That's how much he loved us. He said, he was pierced for our rebellion. This is the New Living Translation. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. When we go to Peru, I know I keep bringing up missions, but that's just part of who I am. You know, when we go to Peru every time Pastor C, Missionary C, uh, before we go out on the mission field in Peru, every single time I've been for six straight years, couldn't go this year, but I've been six straight years every time before we go out on the field to preach the gospel and to minister to people, he shows the clip of the Passion of Christ where he's on the cross. And it's not always easy and natural to watch. He was beaten till he was a, a pulp. But he shows that on the cross so that we have an understanding before we leave and go out into these mountains, sometimes eight, nine hours travel in, in the mountains just to get to our first destination that we understand and we have a, 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 a renewed sense of what our master went through so that we would have an, even an opportunity to take the gospel that we're taking to these people. And we'd also understand that he was... Bruised for our iniquities. Glory to God. The chastisement of our peace was upon him that he was beaten to a place where he didn't even resemble a human. And at any time he could have had it stopped. He could have called down angels and had it stopped. But he chose to allow it to happen because he loves us. And he saw the other side of the cross. Amen. That's how much he loved us. That's how much of a penalty that he paid Because it tells us right here again in that uh, New Living Translation. It says, he was beaten so that we could be made whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. The Good News Translation says, but because of our sins, he was wounded. He was beaten because of the evil that we did. We are healed by the punishment he suffered and we're made whole by the blows that he received. Verse 10 in the Young's Little Translations says, And Jehovah uh, hath delighted to bruise him. He was delighted because he made him sick. See, it it gave God joy to make Jesus sick because he saw what he was inheriting. He saw the other side of the cross and the sacrifice. Do you hear me today? So that's what he's done. He became sin so that we could be made righteous. He became poor so that we could be made uh, rich and abundantly supplied. He became sick so that we could be made whole. Glory to God. Now look at... uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to look at the end of verse 21 as a part I want to concentrate on here. You can turn there if you like, or if you could listen, that'll be fine. I'm going to get over there to it real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the end of it, part B, it says, uh, I'm going to read the, the, the entire verse again and concentrate on part B. For our sake, this is in the Amplified Version, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it says, for our sake... He made, this talking about God, God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples. Now, do you, you hear me? Examples, that's what we're talking about. We're to be examples of him. We're to pass out samples of him. We're to be examples of the righteousness of God, what we ought to be approved and accepted and in right relation with, relationship with him by what? Let me see right here. Let me see if I can see that. What? I thought it said by his judgment. I thought it said by his wrath. I, I, I thought the world says he's going to get you. The world said if one day we're going to see if we're good enough, when we get there, we'll, we'll know. You know, we just have to wait till we get there and see. No, it says right here, he approved us and he made us acceptable in a right, right relationship with him by his goodness not judgment and not his wrath. Do you realize, now this is going to be a bold statement. Do you realize that God would have to apologize to America if he judged America today? He would have to apologize to Jesus. Why? He said, how in the world can he say that? There again, the religious spirit walking around like a bandy rooster all riled up. I'm just going to do some riling, I guess. But see, he would have to apologize to Jesus. Why? Because God poured his wrath out upon Jesus on the cross. He would have to apologize to Jesus if he brought judgment upon America today. Because why? We're in a dispensation of grace. He's already poured his wrath upon Jesus. Now, there's coming a time. Do you hear me? There's coming a time and a day when we're going to be out of here and God's going to have given people every chance to repent. I'm talking about down, uh, down to the very last minute. Pastor ministered on that out of Revelation and he talked about when the light is finally gone and removed. Man, I'm telling you, I would hate to thank God we won't be here. But see, there's a lot of people that will. But we got a job to do, so they won't. We got a job to do and share his goodness and be examples, so they won't be here. But at that point, yes, judgment will come. But it's because they refused. Everything that he tried to get to them, all of his goodness, all of his mercy, all of his grace, it will come. But it's not, not in this dispensation. Do you hear me? He put that on Jesus. Glory to God, and that's what people need to know. They say, "Well, you all just preach that old sloppy grace. Y'all just preach that old grace is any way to do." No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is this: If you, I, I mean, the, the truth is this: If you live in sin, you're going to reap, reap the results of sin. The wages of sin is what death. So I'm not covering that up. The wages of sin is death. Jesus already pr- provided and paid the price for our sins, but we're going to receive it and walk in it. Amen. But somebody can live in sin and and do certain things and refuse it. You hear me? And never receive it, but it's a free gift. But if somebody receives that free gift, they're made brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. The old is gone. Doesn't matter how they live, what they did. I I met a man in in Chattanooga, Tennessee that had track marks on his arms. Looked like, I mean, it was terrible. I took him a chicken snack to to feed him. I saw him eating a chicken bone out of the garbage can. He was chewing on a breast bone out of the garbage can at a convenience store. And I took him a, man, I don't know what all I took him. It was a bunch. Got over there and gave it to him. And he reached out to receive it. When he pulled it down, he had track marks on his arm. And one of them was a hole. I mean, you could have put a number two pencil lead in it. And, uh, but see, the thing of it is, God, see, people, people need to know. We need to know. We need to understand what kind of boldness. Can we have if we understand that love? Man, I feel like I'm on being on a pogo stick right now. What kind of boldness will we have if we understand the love? Amen. What kind of boldness will we have to share and to tell, glory to God, if we understand his love? I'm not talking about blowing people out of the water. I'm not talking about being, you know, it's definitely not judgment, but what it's doing is passing out samples of his goodness, of his love, of his mercy, about let me tell you that song we sang, let me tell you who my God is, or, or, or do, we, do we really know who he is? We got to know who he really is before we can go tell it. Amen. And if we know, then yes, let's go. Let's tell him. Let's tell him. Let's tell him everywhere that we go. Amen. Because we are his representation in the earth. Glory to God. Mm. He loves us. Glory to God. He loves us. Hallelujah. So, one of the biggest misconceptions that people have and the world has about God is that he's sovereign. Now, now, now hear me when I say that he is sovereign. God is sovereign to his word, he's sovereign to his character, he's sovereign to his authority. And what he says in his word that he will do, he is sovereign. But what the world chalks that up to is that, you know, he'll just do anything he wants to do, any way he wants to do it at any time. And they say that what's happening in the the world is God's judgment upon America and God's judgment upon the earth. But see, we we plainly know that in the scripture, in 2 Corinthians 4, it calls Satan. It says Satan is the God of this world system. Amen. One day, glory to God, that's going to change. But guess what? We're as ambassadors in this world system. We're in the world. We're not of it, but we're as ambassador. And that means we've got the same power, authority in this earth to operate in and walk in. And he's counting on us. Mm -hmm. So we're the hope. We're the light. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We're not in this world without God. He didn't leave us comfort us. The disciples we're talking to him before he ascended to heaven. They said, I, He said, I need to go. I must go. And they got all upset. Oh, what are we going to do? The master's leaving. He's been here with us all this time. But he's leaving us. What are we going to do? He said, look, I'm not leaving you helpless, comfortless. He said, I'm sending the greater one. He's the, the Holy Ghost. He's not just going to walk with you. He's going to live on inside of you. Glory to God. He's going to walk in you, talk in you, talk through you. Hallelujah. The one that knows all things. He's going to be in you. So it's going to be better. And they couldn't wrap their mind around. How could that be better? You're going to be in heaven. It's going to be better. But he said, I'm sending another one. Amen. Just like me. And he's going to live in you and walk in you. Glory to God. So we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So he gets a bad rap. He, he, He gets a bad rap for saying the things, accused of things that he didn't do. And he didn't get, he doesn't get the credit for the things that he does do. Amen. But we know, we know the truth. Amen. And the truth is what sets people free. Do you hear me today? The truth is what sets people free. It set us free. And as we continue to walk in the the truth, we'll stay free. Do you hear me? And as we share it with others, we can set others free. John 14 verse 10, it says, Do you not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? This is Jesus talking. He says, The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. Instead, it's the Father dwelling in me. He's performing the works. Glory to God. See, the word sovereign just simply means this. It means it's the first rank, first in rank or authority. It means to possess supreme authority. And God does. He does possess supreme authority. But he's what? He's sovereign to his word, his character, his nature. That's the reason we need to understand it, know it. Understand that name. Understand that, that character and that authority, his nature. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, many, many people say, well, I already know that God's good. I already understand that. I already know. It. But what measure are we receiving from it? What measure of that nature and that character and that goodness are we receiving from today? See, truly knowing someone takes more than just a re- legal relationship. I mentioned that earlier. It takes more than just a re- legal relationship to understand someone. You know, two people can, can get married in a legal contract, but they don't know each other. It takes fellowship. It takes time. It takes spending time together and talking and fellowshipping and, and understanding and knowing. Amen? And that's the way it is with the Spirit of God. It takes time to spend with Him in His Word, in fellowship, in prayer, listening. Riding down the road and just listening to Him and saying, God, I didn't come today to, to, to try to get a you know, an answer from you. I didn't come today to, to offer you know, a lot of prayers and requests. I just come to you today just to fellowship with you. I just come today just to tell you I love you. I just want to be in your presence and just love on you. Just tell you how thankful I am. Just tell you that, that bless God, I'm, I'm so thankful and so grateful that you forgave me of my sin, that you sent Jesus. Glory to God. That I was on the path to hell and you came and rescued me. You changed me. You delivered me from the kingdom of darkness and translated me to the kingdom of light. See, and just begin to stir yourself in his presence and then just listen and, and, and he'll love on you and talk to you and fellowship with you. Glory to God. Fellowship with you. See, there's a difference. There's a difference. Do you hear me today? There's a difference between legal relationship and fellowship. And when we begin to fellowship, then, then he'll begin to reveal. In fact, we don't, we don't have time to get into all that today to turn to these scriptures, but I'm going to just quote some more to you real quickly. We got a little time left. Uh, you know, Jesus said that. Uh, I believe it's also in John. Let me find it right here. I believe it's in John uh, fourteen as well, and and I know over on into to, to fifteen, but he talks about. He said, "Me and my father will come together. And we'll, we'll we'll come in and make our abode with you." He said, "We're going to come in and take up residence." One translation says, "In you." And Jesus said that I want to make my father clearly seen. and and reveal who he really is, his true nature and his story. Jesus said, the only thing I do is what I see my father do. The only thing I say is what I hear my father say. So see, if we ever have a question and the world ever has a question, do you ever encounter anyone that has a question about God and his nature and his character, just tell them this, to look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. And they say, oh, well, God burned up this one in the Old Testament and Elijah called down this and that. and Man, they melted them and scorched them and they did all these things. And God judged this one and that one. See, you have to understand the covenant in which we live in. You have to understand the different disp- dispensations. Amen. And you have to also have to realize that, like I said, sin, uh, the wages of sin is death. And you al- also have to understand that certain things that people did and what they, uh, you know, the way that they lived and things caused certain things to happen as well. And the same thing happens today. Amen. If people continue to live and walk that way, if they don't receive and accept the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. I mean, we don't like to talk about that, but that's the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God is good, right? Amen. Amen. So if anybody ever questions, this is what we tell them. Say, look at Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus healed. Jesus delivered. Jesus didn't condemn. The woman caught in the act of adultery. What did he do? Man, I I love that passage. I've shared that passage with so many people, I can't even count Because it portrays the love of God and the goodness of God in a way that they can't deny it. They say, well, well, she was caught. Yes, she was. She was caught. Somebody had to be there to catch her. She was caught in the middle of the act of adultery. But Jesus said, where are your accusers? She said, there are none, Lord. He said, well, go your way. He said, neither do I accuse you. He said, go and sin no more. So what he did, he not only forgave her, but in that command, I tell people, I, I was, I was, I had the opportunity to speak at a uh, recovery meeting. That's what they call it. Uh, hallelujah. And I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, and uh, so I had the opportunity to speak there and uh, I, I, I was using this particular scripture. And what I, I shared with was this, is that not only did Jesus free that person, but he gave her the woman that was called an act of adultery. He gave her the ability, the grace, the anointing to walk free from that sin. When he said, go and sin no more, in that command, in that word, he gave her the ability to to walk free from it, see? And that's why people need to know. They need to know, first off, that it doesn't matter how you've lived. It doesn't matter what you've done. God could care less. What he does is he cares about what Jesus has done and provided for them, and he wants them to know it. See, they're never going to come to him if they don't know that he loves them. They're never going to approach a God that they think is out to get them and is going to judge them and condemn them. But once they come to him and know who he is, then guess what? Then we can say, okay, the, this is the nature and the character of God. He loves you, and this is, what he, this is the way he wants you to live. These are the, 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 the teachings of Jesus. This is how we live as a believer. See, out of our spirit, man, out of the fruit of the spirit, we're to bear fruit. See, unto good works. I do and, and perform good works. Why? Because it's the goodness of God in me. I don't do good works to get God to love me. I don't bless people with money when he leads me to to get God to love me. I don't think it's going to send me to heaven. I don't think it's going to pay for my sin. I don't, I don't, I don't bless people and share things of God with them because I'm trying to, to do some type of religious duty. I do it out of the goodness of my heart because that's where God lives. I do it out of the goodness and the fruit of my spirit. Why? Because out of that fruit, out of that spirit, uh, we abound unto good works. See, I've got what? I've got the nature of my father. If you've got the nature of your father in you, then you want to be like your daddy. And, and, and your daddy loves people. Your daddy wants to touch people. So when you've got that character and that nature living on inside of you, what? You want to be like him. You want to touch people. You want to bless people. You want to listen to his voice. See? But we don't do it to get him to like us any better or get him to, you know, give us some brownie points. We do it because we're like him. Amen. And it's just coming out of us. So people need to know that I don't care. I don't care what they've done. Man, Paul himself that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he had Christians killed. And you've heard this before, but, but because we've heard it doesn't mean anything Do we, that we understand it, believe it. You know, he had the, the, the audacity to tell people and say this. He said, I've wronged no man, Paul. He stood up in the courts and said, I've wronged no man. They were trying to try him and catch him in something. he said, I've wronged no man. And they like, this is Paul. Saul of Tarsus had people, people killed. And he's wronged no man persecuted Christians. And he's wrong, no man. Why? Because Paul understood something. He understood that that old man, glory to God, that it was on that, he got knocked off. Well, I tell people knock the, the P off or knock the S out of him, knock the S off of him, and put a P up. Amen. He was changed. Glory to God. He understood something about the new creature in Christ, that new uh, nature and life of Christ. Amen. He understood something about it. But if he, if he he said, man, I'm a Pharisee of all Pharisees. And, he, and he, he just confessed, he said, I'm religious. <laughs> but he understood about who he was now. He's a new creature in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. So, let's go to uh, Hebrews. We're going to finish up right here today. Go to Hebrews uh, chapter 4. Hallelujah. See, we're to be like the prodigal son. We're to run to God. Run to him. I, mean, I, I can't even believe how the church has missed it so much. The body of Christ has missed, missed it so much when there's so much in the scripture about the character of God revealed in Jesus. How they could do some of the things they do and say some of the things they say. You know, we've heard stories about that. How, you know, the, the church, one of the churches uh, years ago, a pastor was a part of Years and years and years ago, he, stor- he shared a story about, you know, the couple, the family had come to church and they were just going to kind of, you know, said they just want to kind of watch them for a little while. They want to join the church and they said, well, we just want to kind of, you know, watch you for a little while and kind of see, you know, if it's going to kind of pan out kind of thing, I guess. See if y'all are going to live right and do right and whatever and then we'll let you know. Well, they never came back. That's no more the character of God. What Jesus told the woman caught in the act of adultery, he said, well, I got one stone in my back pocket too. You know, and I'm watching and we'll see now there's a couple of the accusers left, but there's a few more still here. And he's writing in the ground. And What are you writing? Well, I'm writing down there to see. You know, tic-tac-toe X and O, and I'm going to see if I, you know, if the Holy Ghost beats me in tic-tac-toe, then I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you free. You know, so that's some craziness. I don't see how the church has missed it. It's just the spirit of religion is what it is. And they don't even realize it, that the enemy is working with them to keep people in bondage. Well, that family never came back to church. And then you know the story of the gentleman that was an alcoholic. He came down and got born again. And man, the burden was lifted and he felt free. And then he goes back to North Alabama to his apartment, got alone. And the thoughts came back and the feelings came back like it will every time. Do you hear me? The devil, he comes immediately to steal, kill and destroy. He comes immediately to pull the seed of that word up. And he was in an apartment by himself and the thoughts came and, the, you know, and he wanted a drink and his flesh. See, the flesh goes back to immediately what it's used to doing. The flesh goes back to dealing with a problem the way it dealt with it the last time. So the flesh was, man, it's like, you know, I got to have it. I want it. And he called up the pastor and he said, pastor, he said, I, I, I don't understand. He said, I want another drink. I don't understand what to do. He said, I, I you know, I, I want it. And, and the pastor said, well, I guess you, you, you just didn't get it. He said, I guess you need another dip. Basically what he's telling me, he said, I guess you just didn't really, he said, if you're really born again, you wouldn't have those thoughts and those feelings anymore. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a pretty picture of what happened. He took his life because he thought that if, you know, and I'm not condemning a man of God. He just, he just didn't know. I'm not condemning the minister that told him that. See, it's, it's a lack of understanding of the character and the nature of God that's revealed in Jesus. He didn't know. It's probably what he had been taught, what he knew. He thought he was doing the best thing, trying to help the man. But he got condemned from it and uh, took his life because he thought, how could, you know, if God really loved me and I got born again, now I've missed it, then I can't come back. I can't come back to God. It's too late. So that's the reason we have to share. We have to, we have to tell the goodness. Amen. The character, the nature, glory to God. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go on down to, just go on down to 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I may have told you that. Did I tell you 4 or 11? I think I told you 4, but let's go to 11. Glory be to God. If you're taking notes, you can jot these scripture verses down. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14, it talks about Christ paid the penalty for our sin once and for all. With his own blood, he did it for the past, the present, and the future. We don't have time to to read these. You can go back and look at them. He paid the penalty for our sin with his own blood, once and for all, past, present, and future. Hebrews uh, 10, 1 through 22, it says we're to have absolute trust and confidence in his power because of this. We must believe in his nature, his character, his authority. John 14, verse 9 through 18, he and the Father will make, this is what I want to get to a while ago, it says he and his Father will make their abode with us, Verse 12 says, He who believes in me will be able to do the things that I do. Listen to that. This is Jesus talking. He said, He who believes in me, what are you going to believe in? You're going to believe in his name, in his nature, in his character, in his authority. He said, He that believes in me will be able to do the things that I do. He said, I myself will grant to you whatever you ask in my name, representing all that I am and my character. Hallelujah. Verse 21 in Amplify says, I'll let myself be clearly seen and I'll make myself real to you. Glory to God. See, that's from Jesus' own mouth. He said he'll he'll let himself be clearly seen. He'll make himself real to us when we allow him to. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, hallelujah. Jot down Ephesians 2 as well. Ephesians 2, 1 through 20. Ephesians 5, verse 8 through 14, we're to walk as children of the light. It tells us to wake up, thou that sleepest. See, that's talking to the church, the church at Ephesus. It's not talking to lost people. It's telling the church at Ephesus that they're to walk as children of the light. And it tells us to wake up, thou that sleepest. See, we have to wake up and walk in the light of who he is, walk in the light of his character, of his nature, of his authority, of his name. Amen. So, King David. I know we're still in, in Hebrews 11, but King David, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't his first, God's first choice. Or he was God's first choice, but he wasn't the prophet's first choice. He wasn't his father's first choice. Amen. He was laughed at, scoffed, mocked for his age, but he spent time with God. He fellowshiped with the Lord, and that fellowship paid off. Tending the sheep paid off. Amen. See, things we do in private sometimes, it doesn't always show up the next day but it will pay off. When you know your father and you spent time with him and fellowship with him and you know his character and his authority, it's going to pay off. Amen. When you need it, it'll pay off. See, David confessed some things and boldly declared some things. He said, I'll, he said how, how dare him defy the armies of the living God? He said, I'm going to go and I'm not only just going to kill him, I'm going to take his head and I'm going to come back and present his head to you. And Saul was like, you're no match for him. How can you do that? See, David understood something about the character of his God. And there again, what is an old covenant, different covenant, different dispensation. But he was bold and he declared it. Amen. Hallelujah. And we know with uh, this word, we're closing right here in Hebrews chapter 11 with Abraham and Sarah. When they first got the promise back in Genesis, what they do, Genesis 17 and 18, don't turn there. We're still in Hebrews 11, but it says in Genesis 17 and over in Genesis, Genesis 18 about Sarah said they laughed at the promise of God. He said, you know, Abraham thinking, I'm hundred years old. Sarah's 90. We don't even one, we don't want to have children necessarily. You gave us the promise, but it's been so long. And our bodies passed the point of of having children. And they laughed. Then she tried to deny and said, Oh no, I wouldn't really laugh I was just, you know, I had something in my throat. You got a drink of water. You know, because of the saying, need a drink of water, I need one now. Where's my water at? There were three angelic hosts. You all remember that? Abraham was out in the field. Three angelic hosts had appeared. And he went over and to, you know, try to talk him in again to making Hagar uh Ishmael be the one. I mean, they'd already had Ishmael, but they at this point in time, he said, "Well, can't we just make that work?" You know. It's our, you know, we already got him here. Can't we just make that work? No. No, he said God gave the promise and he's going to make it come to pass. Well, then you go over to jump over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, an amplified version. It says, by faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even when she was long past a normal age for it. Now get a hold of this. Because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. Is it up there on the... Do y'all have the Amplify? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. If you don't, it's no big deal. It's up there. So I want you to see that part again. It said, By faith even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even when she was long past a normal age for it, because she did what? She considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true to his word. See, she made a decision. She judged God, what, faithful? She judged, she considered who had given her the promise to be reliable and trustworthy. Well, do we know the name of Jesus? Do we know who our God is? Just like I said I knew about Brother Keith, that I I judge him faithful and reliable. Well, how much more? Glory to God is our Heavenly Father, true to his word. He's reliable, he's faithful. But do we just take it for granted and just say, well, that's, you know, we just, in the name of Jesus... Well, we believe that in Jesus' name. We believe this in Jesus' name. Or do we really truly understand the revelation and from that knowledge, spiritual knowledge and that spiritual revealed knowledge, revelation, know and understand and judge God faithful. Because it wasn't until she judged God faithful that the promise of God come to pass. He gave the promise years before, but the promise didn't come to pass until until she did what? Until she judged God faithful. When she did, she conceived a child. When? Even when she was long past the normal age for it. Verse 12. So from one man through, though he was physically as good as dead. (laughs) Scripture said through one man, through Abraham, he was good as dead physically. To produce a child. It says, were born as many descendants as the stars of heaven could number. And innumerable as a sand on the seashore. Glory to God. And how did all this come to pass? He had already given the promise. See, God's already given us his promises. All the promises of God are what? Yes and amen through what? Christ Jesus. He's already given us Christ Jesus. It's a finished work. He's done everything he's going to do. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. We're seated there together with him. Far above all, principality, power, might, and dominion. Glory to God. So we're not just facing a burning, fiery furnace and we can make a decision or decree like they did and be around him. Man, he's living on the inside of us. He's taken up his abode in us. We're the temple, but we got to judge him faithful. Did you hear me today? We got to judge him faithful. He's faithful to promise. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful because of what he's done through Jesus. He became sick so that I could be whole, he became poor so that I could be made rich. Glory to God. He took upon him the chastisement of my peace so I can walk in peace. I can have peace in a world of tur- turmoil. So I'm tired of the body of Christ. I'm tired of even at uh, times myself that the enemy will try to come in and said, look at this and take this into consideration and what's going on over here and how are we going to make it here and, and what's going to happen to this and five years down the road, 10 years down the road. Well, I want to tell you what, in Christ Jesus, everything is well. Amen. Do you hear me today? In Christ Jesus, he is our peace. Amen. Glory to God. We may be in this world, but we're not of the world. So we don't have to allow the world to influence us. We don't have to allow the cares of this world to come in and overtake us. But he said, if you'll do what? If you'll cast... The whole of your care over on me. Glory to God. He said, come unto me. Come unto me, all you that labor in the heavy laden. I'll give you a real rest. I'll give you a real rest. Glory to God. He said, come and enjoy the unforced. I believe the message translation says the unforced rhythms of grace. Glory to God. So I want to ask you a question today. How do you judge God? Do you judge him faithful? <clears throat> do you judge him true to his word? Glory to God. Do we understand and believe in his character, his authority, and in his name today? If we do, what we'll do? What will we do with it? How will it impact our lives? How will it impact the the, the amount of truth that we walk in? The, the, the measure of the finished work that we experience and walk in. How will it affect that? He gave us all so that we could have his all. Glory to, Glory to God. Amen. So how do we judge him today? How do we judge him today? Do we judge him faithful? Do we judge him true? Glory to God. I do. I believe you do. Everybody say this. Say, God is faithful. God is, faithful. God is true to his word. If he said it, he'll do it. If he called me to do it, he's given me all the ability to perform it. Every need is met in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. He set me apart. He's called me, He's qualified me. He's sanctified me. He redeemed me. He lives on inside of me. I'm now the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. That's who you are. You are a king and a priest in this life. And you need to hear yourself declare it. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I call you blessed. Thank you, Facebook audience. Are we still gone? Are we? Thank you, Facebook audience. I call you blessed, healed in the name of Jesus, prosperous, and kings and priests in this life. Amen. We'll see you next time.